Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Always excited to talk about fasting and just to talk about the opportunities that we have available to us through fasting and what God has blessed us with, the ability that we have to be able to set aside time at the beginning of the year, starting January the 9th, it's next Monday, set time aside where we can just recognize and remember God at the beginning of the year. And let me give you some first advice today. A lot of people, when they think of the fast, they build up to the fast. What do I mean by that? They stuff their faces right up till midnight of Sunday night, and then they go into their starvation mode, and they're in their fast mode. Listen, really, that's not a good thing to do. The best thing to do is begin to taper off, even begin before the fast starts, to prepare yourself and to prepare your body for what is going to happen. I can honestly, truly say this. For the last few months, I've been really excited about the fast. Now, I'm not excited about going without because no one likes to go without, especially when it comes to food and and things that we give up during that fast and we lay aside. No one likes to go without, but that hasn't been my focus. My excitement has been on the things that I know God is going to do. It's a lot of things that I'm believing for me, myself, personally, and our family, but also for our church. There's a lot of things that I'm believing for God to do this year. And I believe as we give God the first portion of the year, God is going to honor us by giving us the breakthroughs and the miracles and, and just those things that we want. So our focus when we go into a fast should never be, oh, I've got to give up this and I've got to give up. Our focus needs to be the results that we want to see on the other end. Come on, that's what keeps us going. Come on, how many have got any unsaved loved ones and you want to see them saved? I mean, what a motivator to keep us going, believe in God and, and ask, asking God just to give us the strength that we need. But I believe also throughout the 21 days, there's a process that you can enjoy. Every day, you're not going to hear angels singing, as Jensen Franklin said. Every day, you're not going to hear harps strumming and playing. There's going to be some days you're not even going to feel God. You're going to wonder, where is God? But you know what? I believe it's a process that we can enjoy. And as we make it through, it's a process that I believe we're going to grow in. And I believe it's a process that we're going to discover God in such a new way. And that's why I'm just going to lay some groundwork. And then I've got a whole list of questions that people have emailed me in. And if time permits, we'll open it up if anyone else has got some questions. I've got my nutritionist in the house that's going to talk to us a little bit about the health of fasting. And and willing to talk to anyone at the end if they've got any questions with health issues when it comes to fasting. We're just trying to make ourselves available to you in every way. So there is no excuse for people to say, I don't either understand it. Or, I don't understand how I can be a part of it. 
One of the first things you've got to realize when it comes to fasting is this. You've got to do it not because the church is doing it. Don't do anything just because we as a church. You've got to have the right motive for yourself. Because if you're doing it because of other people, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You'll have the greatest intentions and you'll have the heart to try and do it. But you've got to have the right motive. And you may say, well, how do I find the right motive? I ask myself a couple of questions that helps motivate me. Can I just give you those questions quickly? Number one, what is it this year I really need God to do? What is it I really need God to do? And the second question I ask myself is, what is it that only He can do? What is it that only He can do? As you begin to ask yourself questions like that, I believe you begin to find a motive of why you want to be involved in a fast. What is it that you need God to do? What is it that only He can do? And as we begin to ask that, I believe we'll begin to find the goals and that which we seek after during the fast. Listen to what's recorded in the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. In verse 6, Jesus says these words, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Cokes and Big Macs, for food, for stuff. The Bible said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's spiritual things. That's God. And the Bible says, for they shall be filled. How many knows when God fills, he hooks a brother up? Come on, God doesn't just fill. God fills to overflowing. For what purpose? He gives us more than enough so what? We can flow out and bless other people. We've got to understand that there is such truth in verses such as this and others that the Bible says when we hunger and thirst, and that's what we're going to do during a fast. But our hunger and thirst now is for the spiritual blessings of God, not just the physical well-being of ourselves. As we push aside those things and we start saying, God, it's you I want. It's you I need. As I begin this year, I want to lay a foundation that my year is going to explode, that I'm going to see blessings. I'm going to see, God, you just undertake and move in every way. You see, the discipline or the act of fasting, I believe, releases the anointing, the favor, and the blessing of God into your life. They're three powerful things that we need in our lives. The anointing is the presence of God. The favor of God. Think about the favor of God. That where we walk, we can have the favor of God, the hand of God upon us. And also the blessing, the provision of God. Anyone in here that doesn't want the presence, the power and the provision of God in your life is a fool. And I believe the discipline of fasting releases that into our lives. So quickly, what is fasting? There is many misconceptions out there which include this. Fasting is not just going without food. A lot of people think that fasting is just going without food. That's called dieting or starvation. It's not fasting. Another misconception of fasting is that it's just done by fanatical monks somewhere in the Himalayas. That they're locked away and all they do is not eat. It's not just something that's done by fanatics. I believe fasting is something that we all can do. And let me take it one step further. I believe it's something that God instructs and requires for every one of us to do. 
I believe fasting shouldn't just be part of the 21 days that we set aside corporately. I believe throughout the year it should be a part of your relationship with God. That when you find yourself kind of running down and your battery's just a little bit low, when there's special needs in your life, that you'll set time aside and you'll seek God and you'll fast and begin to pray and ask God to meet that need. Look what it says, Jesus says in Luke 5, verse 34 and 35. There's a debate. John's disciples have come and they say, Jesus, how come your disciples are not fasting? I mean, what's the deal here? So look what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, you can make the friends of... Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom, speaking of himself, will be taken away from them, the disciples, his followers, and then they will fast in those days. Notice there's no question. Jesus says they will fast. He's not questioning it. He's instructing us of the fact that it's powerful and something that every one of us needs to do. So what is fasting? Fasting, plain and simply, is this. Refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. (coughs) Refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It reprioritizes our lives. Any of your lives kind of a little bit out of whack? I'll put my hand up. Come on, that's why our focus or the title of our fast this year is to refocus, just to get back in track and envision once again, because we're kind of off base just a little bit. We're not kind of clicking on all gears. It places our relationship back to where it needs to be. And we're going to expand on that a little bit more with some of the questions that we ask, but I'm just trying to lay a foundation tonight. Understand this too about fasting as Jesus did it. I should only have to say one more line and never have to say anything more about fasting, and that is this. If it was good enough for him, it should be good enough for us. If he did it, and it was a practice that he did in his life, what makes us think that we're above Jesus? Jesus did it. Jesus fasted for 40 days. It was the beginning of his ministry that the devil came and tempted him, but he withstood, he withheld. And I can tell you right now that when you begin to fast, you catch the attention of Satan. I'm going to say that one more time. If you don't believe me, just wait to about day five, six, seven, eight, and you start getting into it and see if I'm not telling you the truth. When God's people begin to cry out and say, God, I want you more than just Sundays. Come on, when God's children decide they want to be more than just a Sunday Christian, but they just need God to move in their families, in their finances, in their home, in their work, they just need God to move in every way possible. And they say, God, you're just that important. I'm going to set aside this time to fast. Listen to me, Satan hates it when we fast. That should be a good indication that it's something good to do. Because if it wasn't a threat, why would he bother us? You're going to be tempted. You're going to have struggles. There's going to be hardships. But can I tell you, he endures to the end. The Bible says you're going to make it through. You're going to be saved. God's going to give you the strength when you don't think you can go another step. God's going to give you the strength and the endurance to make it through. Someone said this about fasting. I like it. Fasting is a continual prayer to God. It's a nice thought, isn't it? That when we're fasting, it's like a continual prayer to God. But don't fast without prayer. Don't say, well, I'm praying through fasting. Yes, you are, but don't substitute the importance of prayer in your life. A lot of people think God's going to bless me just because I'm going without. You know, I put it this way. Fasting is an emptying process, but prayer is a filling process. 
As we fast, we empty ourselves, but if we don't watch, we'll fill ourselves with the wrong things. It's important as we pray or as we fast that we pray. In fact, praying is probably more important than fasting. It is more important than fasting. And I challenge you throughout the fast... I like to do this the times of the day when I'd usually eat. I set aside those times. The church is going to be open every day through the week, Monday through Friday, from 11 to 1. Why not come during your lunch period? Even if you can only make it for 10, 15 minutes, why not come and just come to the church and just begin to pray and just ask God? Wherever you're at your workplace, go in your car, just begin to pray. When you would regularly fill yourself with that which would satisfy your natural man, why not begin to fill yourself with that which will satisfy your spiritual man? Put the bread of heaven inside of you and allow God to satisfy you. And I haven't got time to go into it tonight because I really want to get to the questions. But Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, I believe, gives us three key instructions. He says this, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Read it for yourself in Matthew chapter 6. And I believe that you will see from God's word that when we do those things, I believe that from God's word, nothing shall be impossible. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12, we read it Sunday in our vision Sunday. It says this, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Could Jesus be speaking of a threefold cord when he says, when we give, when we pray, and when we fast? We can have two, but is there real strength in that? But when we have all the three acting in our lives, I believe there's great strength. I could go on tonight and we're going to talk more on Sunday morning a little bit as we're going to kind of cover some of this perhaps again. But there is so much on fasting that many never experience because they just don't do it. They show it off and they push it away. I believe fasting is a secret power source that many fail to discover because they want the blessing without the blesser. But when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what does the Bible say? All these things shall be added to our lives. I think the questions that we've received over the last few days have been absolutely incredible and they've covered most of the bases and they kind of overlap each other. And I'm going to warn you right now, some of the things I'm going to say is going to be repetitive, but I wanted to answer each question as itself and not just say, well, we covered that, we covered that. Because everyone's question, I want it just to be as important as the next person's question. Just before we go into the questions, on the way out, sign up. There's a piece of paper on the table. Sign up. I've I've written a 21-day fasting journal that every day you can go through. It gives you a specific prayer need for the day that together we can pray with. It gives you thoughts to journal. It also gives you a scripture for the day, but there's also a devotion for you for that day. And I encourage you, there's going to be notes and pages where you can jot down stuff. There's going to be a sheet at the beginning where it asks you, you know, what what am I fasting for? What's the reasons? How long? What is my plan? Map out the course and it will help you as you go through that book. And we're going to have those available for you Sunday morning. It's going to be cost price. We're going to charge $5 for each book. I mean, that's not even covering the cost by the time we print it and do everything. But listen, if you don't have $5, take a book. Come on, a book in your hands is worth more than $5 in our hands because we want to get the word into you. But those of you can give. But sign up because we're going to have a number um, of books available, but they're going to go fast on Sunday. We want to make sure that everyone who signs up gets one reserved for you. If you need two for your family, that's fine. 
But please sign up on your way out and make sure that you get that book. And, and also go on the website. All the information is on the website. You can get all the book, the devotion, the journals. Everything is on the website. So every day you can download it, you can read it, you can go through it on the website too. So we're trying the best we can. And we're going we're gonna to show other resources. Jensen Franklin's got some incredible stuff on fasting. You can go to his website. It's a great book right here. In fact, a lot of the materials that we've ever taught on fasting have come from this book and other materials of Jensen Franklin. He has such a heart for fasting and God has really helped him. Um, Awake 21 is an incredible resource too. We're going to have those available for you and so you can know what's going on. But we're going to have some questions. I've asked my incredible wife if she could read out the questions that have been emailed and then I'm going to answer them and then we're going to take it from there. You ready? Question number one. Why should I fast and does it really change anything? Okay, why should I fast and does it really change anything? I believe the reason you should fast is this, because you want to see a change in your life. The results of fasting, I even know personally, are life-changing. But it has to be because of the right motive. We talked about this earlier. It's not just because everyone in the church is doing it. It's good, I believe, to be a part of something corporately for this reason. You can be encouraged and strengthened. It's nice to know that someone else is feeling the same feelings that you are. They're struggling in the same way that you can talk to each other, you kind of compare notes, pray for each other, support each other for it. But that's not the reason you do it. So why should you fast, okay? Number one, because it changes your life. I believe that. But number two, it's biblical. It's biblical to fast. And it should be a part of our relationship with God. It opens doors that only God can open. I wrote down some thoughts of why I fast. I fast because I want to. I'm not content to go through this year like I did last year. Because I know there's more in God. I know there's an assignment for my life. I know that God wants to release things in my life. I know there's promises and things that God has given to me that are still in my heart that I have not seen the fulfillment for. So why do I fast? I fast because I want to see God's assignment released into my life. I believe there's a birthing for every assignment. And why cannot this be the 21 days where that assignment is birthed inside of your life? So the second part of the question is, does it really change anything? Yes, it does. And it has definitely for me. And I through, through God's word, I believe that we see that too. Jesus began his ministry with a 40-day fast. Moses received the Ten Commandments during his 40-day fast. Esther went on a three-day fast. And as a result, God gave her wisdom and knowledge. And she was able to save the whole Jewish people. Hannah fasted. And God heard her cry, the Bible says. And he gave her a son, Samuel. There are others throughout the Bible. Daniel fasted. Ezra. The people of Nineveh fasted. David fasted. Anna fasted. Paul. Peter. The list goes on and on. And every time that you read of when people set aside time to seek God, you read that God answered. That God revealed to them. That God set them straight sometimes. But whatever the circumstance or situation, God answered and God came through to them. But there's something I think that you've got to realize about fasting, and that is this. Fasting is not a manipulation tool. 
It's not something that you can use and say, God, I'm manipulating you, I'm controlling you. Because I'm fasted now, God, you have to do this. You don't make God move through fasting. Because the truth is this, he's still in the same place. We're the ones that have moved. But can I tell you what fasting does and what it changes in your life? It moves you back to where you need to be. It puts you back in the rightful place where you need to be because drift happens. We talked about that. We find ourselves drifting away. So does it really change anything? Yes, I believe it puts us back into the place where we need to be because our lives get so cluttered that we miss God. We stumble and we fall away. But fasting is one of the tools that God makes available to us and places us back where we need to be. I wanted to show you this quickly. If Kelly could stand up and stand right there. If Kelly's going to say something to me, where is the best place for me to be to hear what she has to say? Right next to her, as close as I can. What happens when I begin to wander away? The further I get, the less chance that I really have that I can hear her. But you know what else begins to happen? Come up here, Dustin, can you? What else begins? Will, come back here. Come up here with me. Look what else begins to happen the further I get away. Look, all of a sudden obstacles begin to get in the way. Now, not only can I not hear her, but I can hardly really see her. And you see what happens. It's so easy for us to get caught up in life and we get obstacles and we get pushed further and further away. So why is there a need for me to fast? Because I need to get rid of all these obstacles and these things and the distance and I need to get back right here where I can hear God. Because the Bible says many times he speaks with a small, gentle whisper. Okay, distractions, you can sit down. Okay, next question. What is the purpose of a fast? How long should you fast? And what do you drink while fasting? The purpose of a fast is to unclutter your life. We talked about refocusing our lives, getting it back where it needs to be, reprioritizing our life, getting our life back to the place where we say, God, you're number one, and I want to seek you first. I want you to be the first of my life. But I believe the purpose of a fast also is to bring your life into a new sensitivity to God. Let me say that one more time, that you will have a new sensitivity to God. I pray every day that I would be obedient to God. I don't want to do anything that displeases God. And I need so many times in my life to have a sensitivity to God like I've never had before. I believe the purpose, one of the purpose of fasting is this. It creates a new sensitivity in every one of us, so that we can hear God. And it doesn't always happen throughout each day of the fast. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be some days that you're not going to hear God. There's going to be some days that you think God's left you, and you're going to start telling God, God, I'm doing this. The least you could do is say hello. The least you could do is make me feel you there. But you see, sometimes the greatest strength of our lives come when we keep persisting, even when we don't feel it. Because if we always feel it, come on, you can never ride a bike while your parent's hand is holding onto the seat. Sometimes you've got to be released a little bit and start pedaling for yourself. But it's then that you develop and grow. If we've always got God right there beside us all the time and he's right there at our beck and call, you know what, none of us would ever really grow. But I'm telling you, one of the purposes is a sensitivity. Another one is we're going to see growth and development in our lives. So how long should I fast? It's a good question a lot of people. You need to determine that for yourself. As a church, you know that corporately we're looking to do a 21-day fast, but that doesn't make you a failure if you don't go that long. 
In fact, I would say to you, if you have never fasted before, probably 21 days is not a good goal to go for. I mean, start slow and work in. And probably the best type of fast for you to do if you've never fasted before is a partial fast, like a Daniel fast or something like that. But work on realistic goals, not unrealistic, because the problem is when we work to unrealistic goals and we don't meet them, you know what we do? We feel guilty and we condemn ourselves. And we say we messed up and we felt, but you didn't mess up. You didn't fail God. Come on, you just got to pick yourself up and keep going. So how long should you go and what should you do? I think it's determined upon your own self. I'll give you what my 21 days I plan to do. For the first seven days, I plan just to be on liquid only for the first seven days. And then the next 14 days, I plan to go to the Daniel fast, which in essence is really no breads, meats, and sweets. It's basically just fruits and vegetables for the next, 20, or for the next 14 days. That's what I plan to do. That's the goal that I've set for myself. But whatever you need to do, set a goal for yourself. But I will challenge you with this. Stretch yourself a little bit. Don't just go at the easiest target. Go the next one more. Why? Because a rubber band never fulfills its potential until it's stretched. Allow God to stretch you a little bit. Allow God to take you place. And I'm telling you, you'll be amazed that you'll be able to go further than you thought, especially if you've got someone who's accountable, an accountability partner, someone to do the fast together, husband and wife or friends, whatever, that together you'll challenge each other, pray with each other, and help each other. So how long is determined upon you? But I would encourage you, I believe everyone could at least do something for 21 days, that they could do something within that time. The last question they asked in that grouping there was, what should I drink? The answer is water, 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 and more water. You really need to be drinking about one gallon of water a day. And it's better to drink Bottled water or purified water, not water out of a tap, because as your body begins to detoxify itself, you don't want to be putting toxins into your body. So you're better to drink a bottled water or something like that. And as you eliminate the toxins out of your body, you'll begin to do that through the drinks, and that's why it's important to flush your system. Other things that are good to drink is a broth, like a chicken broth or a beef broth, you can buy the little cube things. The, the Roman noodles are really good. Just don't eat the noodles. Just take the little pack of the seasoning out of there. They're pretty good to eat that too. And um, throw away the noodles and don't get tempted with that. But then there's also fruit juices. You can take V8 is another great thing to drink. But drink as needed. And, and if you're working strenuous work, you're probably going to need those kind of liquids like juices and stuff just to sustain you and make you... I mean, don't kill yourself. I mean, there's no prize in killing yourself through the fast. You know, that's not what gets God's attention, that you're this far to death. Okay? So don't kill yourself, but also realize, you know, that there's going to be some things that you are going to have to do without, but it's okay. And you're going to hate this one, but as much as you can, and I think you all should... Stay away from coffee, stay away from tea, and stay away from sodas, all that kind of stuff. You're going to be groggy and you're going to drag, but I'm telling you, as your body detoxifies itself, and, and that's really important. Next question. What should I fast? What should I fast? First, we must understand, I think we need to understand this, that fasting is a sacrifice. It's going without. It's doing without. It's putting our bodies into subjection for a spiritual 
purpose. So when we ask the question, what should I fast? We've got to realize that many times we want to get rid of those easy things first. I can fast broccoli because I don't even like broccoli. One thing we'll discover is this. If it doesn't mean something to you, it's probably not going to mean much to God. So I challenge you. You know, the easy thing that so often we do is we grab at the easy stuff first and we ask ourselves, what can I live without? Well, really what we should be challenging our lives is what's going to really kind of push me? I mean, what's going to you know, really challenge my life. Not just what can I live without, because it's easy to live without those things. There are basically three types of fast, and I haven't really shared this. The first fast is an absolute fast. I don't recommend that to anyone. An absolute fast is no food nor water. It's not a good idea, and if you're going to do that, don't do that more than a day. Okay? There's what we then call the normal fast, or I've labeled it this year the weird fast, because normal isn't working. But it's the weird fast, and that is this, basically where you go through and you're just drinking liquids, just water. And that's more the normal fast. No food, just liquids and sometimes broth and juice as you need it. And then there is the third type of fast, which is a partial fast. There's a number of partial fasts, and we don't have time to go into them all. There's sun up to sundown. That's a partial fast. Some people fast just lunch or evening meal or breakfast. They just eat one meal a day, whatever it may be. Some people tend to fast and, and they go, out, go without this or they go without other things in their lives. I believe the best partial fast, as I've said, is the Daniel fast. And there's more information going to be in your book and on the website. But basically, once again, it's no breads, meats and sweets. It's just more fruit and vegetables. But fasting... You've got to understand this in its purest sense. is really going without food. A lot of people I know have done so in the past, and it's good to do those things too. They've said, you know, I'm going to fast TV. I'm going to fast Facebook. I'm going to fast the Internet. I'm going to fast movies. I'm going to fast my music. I'm going to fast all these kind of things. And it's good to do that. And I believe that it's a good habit to get into that because when you're fasting, you don't need to be filling yourself with all that kind of stuff anyway. But really, fasting in its purest sense is going without food, not stuff. But I will say this, there's nothing wrong with going without that stuff because those things feed your spirit man too. And we're trying to put to death those things so that God can reign in our lives. So look to see if you can go beyond those two. They're good things, but look to see if you can go beyond those. Next question. In Matthew six sixteen through 18, we read, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that you should appear not unto men to fast, but unto your Father which is in secret. Why do we announce a church-wide fast? Jesus said those words, and someone asked a question. Well, if Jesus said, don't be like them and do this... Why do we announce a church-wide fast? Well, here you've got to understand that the point that Jesus was making here, Jesus wasn't making the point for us not to tell anyone about what we're doing or not to let anyone know what we're doing is in the sense of fasting because he doesn't say that. But what he is telling us is this, that we're not to be like the hypocrites. The hypocrites, unfortunately, were the religious leaders of that day. And what they would tell us is they would parade to everyone and let everyone know, oh, we're fasting, oh. But here was the reason why they did that. They wanted to act and be holy to everyone else. 
They wanted their, their actions to be praised by people, that people would look at them and say, wow, they're bad. Wow, they're incredible. If only I could be like them. They wanted to beef up themselves and make themselves look good. Listen, Jesus is saying that that cannot be the motive or the attitude of what we do. That's not why we fast. It's not wrong to tell people we're fasting, but Jesus clearly tells us when we're fasting, we're not to grumble and complain about it and moan to everyone. Because if you're trying to win people to Christ at work and you tell them that you're fasting and you're miserable and depressed, but your church wants you to do it, you're not going to add to the church role that way. Do you know what I'm saying? They're going to look at you and go crazy. Not going to be a part of that. So you've got to understand this. The religious leaders, the hypocrites of that day, they said they wanted to all look at me. But you know what fasting really is? Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Does that make sense? Next question. Why are we fasting for 21 days? What is significant about that number? The reason why we fast for 21 days, probably just over five years ago, I was watching Jensen Franklin. He was talking about the fast that their church went into for 21 days. They had testimonies and all these things that God did. And you know what? There was such a cry in my heart. And I looked and I said these words. I said, I want our church to be a part of that. It wasn't that lightning bolts came down from heaven. It wasn't that God says, Philip, the church shall do 21 days. But I saw the rewards and the results that happened through others' obedience. And I said, you know what? I want that for our people. And I want that for our church. And that next January, we started it and we've done it ever since. The length of fast that you see in the Bible, there's different fasts. There's one day, even partial day, sun up to sundown. There's three-day fast, there's the 21-day fast, there's the 40-day fast. And if you don't like the 21, we can easily go to 40 if you want. But I think the 21 days is a great time. It just gives us enough that it's going to stretch us. A couple of days is great, but I'm telling you, when you get into that 21 days plus, there's another great thing about 21 days, and that is this. They say it takes 21 days to develop a habit. And I think what greater habit than develop than to being healthy and to having our lives right and by putting God first. And I believe through this 21 days, we're going to develop habits that are going to change the course of our life. Is that cool? Next question. What should I expect while fasting? You need to expect a lot during the fast. And again, it's going to differ depending on the different types of fast that you're doing. One of the first things that you're going to face is hunger pains. You're going to be hungry. And your stomach's going to remind you of that. With this, most of you are going to experience massive headaches. Sometimes the headaches are going to be really bad. And that's from the lack of caffeine, the lack of sugar. But also it's a result of the impurities and the poisons that your body is beginning to burn for energy. So you're going to have some headaches. You're going to find your energy level beginning to drop. You're going to find yourself sluggish. You're going to find yourself tired. In fact, your bed's probably going to be your best friend. Kelly and I laugh about it. I think we go to bed the earliest we can because when you're hungry, it's nice to sleep because then you try and get away as quick as you can. But your body is quick to remind you what you're doing without. So that's what you're going to go through. You've got to understand that. Another thing you're going to go through is bad breath. As your body begins to detoxify itself, this becomes the vent pipe. It comes out. So when you come to church, have some mints or stand your distance when you're talking to people. Okay? You're going to begin to see toxins released in your urine. You're going to begin to witness changes as your digestive system begins to shut itself down after a number of days. And that's why it's important, once again, to remind you, drink plenty, 
plenty, plenty of water. In fact, water, they say, is the fastest best friend because it not only flushes your system, it fills you up. You may slosh when you walk, but you're going to be full. Come on, it helps make you full. Fasting is a spring cleaning of your body and has also been medically proven as a healing agent for your body. So what do you expect? I believe you can begin to expect physical healings. It's been proven by medical, the medical field that blood pressure was reduced. Sunday morning, we're going to have a sugar screening test. And anyone who wants to get their sugar taken, we're going, to, we're going to take your sugar and then we're going to take it again at the end of the fast and we're going to show you the differences, what can happen through being healthy and doing things God's way. We, we know that fasting will lower your cholesterol. It can, it can fix rheumatism in joints and muscles. It can heal heart disease, circulation problems, blood vessels, skin diseases. Your complexion can even be helped through fasting. It's also been known to get rid of allergies and hay fever. And it's also been able to help people with eye problems. One guy I read about, he was 73 years of age and he fasted for 53 days and his gray hair began to turn black and it grew black, grew, grew back like it was when he was 30 years old. Lord Jesus, touch me during this fast in Jesus' name. You know? But also another thing to expect is this. You're going to see more food commercials on TV than you have ever seen before. I mean, those things that never even impressed you before are going to like, make your mouth water like you would not believe. So there's a lot of things that you can expect. But you know what? It's good. It's a process. Every day through the journal, I'll take you through what things you're probably going to expect of that day and try and help you through those things. And again, we're going to be a support group for you. Next question. I had a difficult time coming up with my fasting goal last year. It wound up being to develop better eating habits and improve my health, which did happen as my blood sugar went from 240 to 95, and I lost 30 pounds. I did rely on God to keep me focused and depended on his strength, but is it too selfish of a goal, or should my goal be more spiritual? I answered this by beginning it this way. I don't think it's a selfish request to want to be more healthy. Because after all, there's a lot of people that could do a lot more for God if they were healthy. Don't shout me down. So I don't think it's selfish to want to be more healthy. But I will say this, that shouldn't be our number one goal. Okay? Because we can accomplish the same health through Weight Watchers. What is it? Believe? Is that the new push that they've got? Just believe? Or whatever. We can accomplish that through Weight Watchers and all that kind of stuff. But I think what our motive needs to be right first, and that is this, it's a spiritual reason before a physical. But, you know, here it goes, and this is what I love about God. When we seek first the kingdom of God, you know what his promise is? And all these things will be added unto us. As we fast and we seek God, guess what? Health comes back to us. As we seek God and put him first, guess what? Strength comes back to us. Help comes back to us. Direction comes back to us. And the list goes on because the Bible says God rewards those who seek him. So you're definitely going to be healthier. It's a proven factor because it detoxifies the body. So it's not wrong to want to be more healthy. But make sure that it's not just a health reason that you're doing it. That's a side effect of what happens. That's a blessing. That's a reward that comes. But the reason you do it should be a spiritual motivation and for a right motive, for God to do something that only God can do. Does that make sense? Next question, almost done. How do I figure out what to fast? 
you know, a lot of people say, well, Pastor P, what should I fast? How should I do it? What time? All these kind of things. And the question that I ask them in return is this. What is it you really need God to do? What is it you really need God to do? What dreams and goals are still to be fulfilled in your life? What breakthroughs and miracles do you need? I think when you begin to ask yourself that, then you'll begin to stretch yourself a little bit further than you first believed. So what is it I fast? What is so important to me that I need God to do it? I'm telling you, those things are a lot more important than a few Cokes, a couple of hamburgers, and all those things. And when you begin to see the miracles come and the rewards that are going to come, because I believe open rewards are going to come. By the end of this fast, I believe we're going to see miracle after miracle taking place. And I'm telling you, those things are worth it all. So what should I do? How should I do it? My challenge to you is ask yourself, what do you want to happen? What do you need to happen? And then that should motivate you on what you need to do. Because that will push you to the edge, I believe, in a greater way than you ever thought possible. Next question. As a married couple, are we required sexually to abstain from one another during the fast? I mean, this is a good question that someone asked. As a married couple, are we required sexually to refrain from each other during the fast? And the answer is this, it's your choice. But the Bible tells us the answer really. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5 says this, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The key word in that whole thing is this, with consent or mutual agreement. As a couple, that is something that the two of you are going to have to agree on together. If that's something that you feel that you need to do throughout your fast, then it needs to be mutually agreed together. It doesn't say you must, but notice this. God does say, be careful when you do withhold that because temptation is an awful thing that will come. So if you're going to, and, and listen to me, you're not going to make void your fast by being with your spouse. But if it's something that you feel you need to do, it needs to be consented. In other words, both of you need to be in agreement with it. Denise, can you come up here a second, sweetheart? I've asked Denise just to come up here and say a few words. Denise is incredible. She's a nutritionist. She's got such wisdom and and a wealth of knowledge. I mean, I butchered all the medical stuff that she can help us. But I asked her just to say a few words about fasting from her standpoint of view. And also she's offering herself just after service if anyone's got any questions to ask. Um, the first, I guess, most important thing about fasting to keep in mind, there's, there's no research out there that shows fasting is detrimental to you at all. There's no, no research that's going to say that going into a fast, whether it's a complete fast where you're only taking in water for a period of time or doing a partial fast, that that has any kind of long-term negative effect on anyone. So it's not going to be harmful to you. It actually, uh, there's probably lots of research that would show, especially if you look at parts of the world where it's very normal for them to fast for periods of time, that it's very beneficial to health, especially if you're doing something like going on to um, the partial fast for a long period of time, like the, the Daniel fast, which is a plant-based diet. If you look at all of the scientific research that's out there, um, they're really trying to push the, the American population in particular because we're so attached to our meat and things like that into doing a more plant-based diet. And if you look at all the wonderful stuff they're trying to teach your kids about my plate and, and everything and go on all those websites, they're showing you diets that are like 75% plant-based, meaning it's fruits and vegetables. 
Um, is that because, you know, we need 25% protein? No. It's because we don't want to give up that 25% so they don't try to sell it with a 100% plant-based diet. But if you look at what the type of diet can do is that those type of diets not only are great in if you already have diabetes or have high cholesterol or have hypertension and getting those diseases under control, there it's actually a very important um, process you can use in actually preventing the development of some of those disorders. And a lot of people think, oh, well, there's different things I have that I can't, oh, I couldn't fast, it would just mess things up medically. I tried to think today after Philip asked me to do this of what kind of diseases or disorders that I see that being on any type of fast might be something that you'd have to be, you couldn't do. I can't come up with anything that you couldn't do the fast. There are a few things that I came up with that you might need to modify your fast for. If you have cancer and are actively being treated for that, then obviously just living on water or fruit juices or something would not be good for you. But there's nothing that says you couldn't be doing the plant-based fast. You might do some modifications to that to make sure you're getting enough calories and protein. And if that's something that you really want to do, um, then I'll be happy to talk to you individually about some things you could do to, to do that. If you're someone who suffers with having anemias, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't give up meat. You know, I'm anemic. Well, there's lots of other foods that have the irons and the B12 and all that in it that you need. So, again, it just requires a little extra planning. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, if you are pregnant, there are huge parts of the world that, where people follow vegetarian or what the Daniel Fast is a vegan diet, which is the strictest of the vegetarians. And there are plenty of people in this country that uh, are vegans, as they can call themselves, who also become pregnant and have children. And again, it just requires a little bit better planning, a little bit more careful planning. It doesn't mean you can't do it. If you're someone who's got very brittle glucose levels, whether it's diabetes or hypoglycemia, again, you can do the fasting. You may have to use some of the fruit juices or you may have to modify your fast to, to watch the carbohydrate and spread it out through the day to keep your blood sugar blood sugars normal, but you could still do it. And, and if you have what we call inflammatory bowel disease, and if you don't know what that is, you probably don't have it because you, you would know. Uh, that's having Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. Again, they have to be on low-fiber type diets. They can still eat the fruits and vegetables. We just have to be a little bit more selective in the ones that they choose. So there's really, I can't, couldn't come up with anything. Less processed diets are healthier. Huge amounts of water would be wonderful for all of us. Uh, I do another important part of the getting rid of the coffees and the teas and things when you fast is, is that they are diuretics. So here you are trying to flush everything out of your body and get toxins out of your body because as you break down things in your body and it's going to come out in your urine, you need extra water to flush that out. If you're drinking teas and coffees, then you're just upping the amount of water you need even more because it's working as a diuretic in your body. And so that's really not a good thing. It's another reason not to do that. But it would be wonderful if we could all go to less, health, to less processed diets and that's what, like, the Daniel Fast would do. But there's nothing wrong with saying that I'm going to go on a, a water or a liquid diet for a week or I'm going to fast. Um, uh, in the Middle East, they have a period of, I think it's Ramadan, where they fast all day until sunset and have one meal. And it's, again, more of a grain-based meal or uh, uh, something like that. They don't, you know, and they do that for an entire month. And there's nothing detrimental about that. 
But if you've got something that you're really concerned, if you think it's difficult to control or one of the things that I mentioned, then I'll be glad to talk to you about it and kind of give you some suggestions of what you can do so you can still do a fast and control those kind of issues. But for most of us, it'd make us so much healthier if we would just do it, if we could do it long-term or on regular periods. Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. You've heard it from God's Word. You've heard it from the dietitian. What more do you need? But you know it's incredible, like Denise said so many times, that you will be healthier, you will be better as a result of doing it. God doesn't ask us to do anything that's going to harm us. Everything God instructs us in, our word to, in His Word to do will help us. I know that Mr. Huss said that when he did the Daniel fast and last year or something, he slept so much better at night that he would struggle to sleep at night and it helped him. You know there's research says that fasting even slows down Age degeneration? Wow. Maybe we all need to fast a little bit more. It's my secret. No, I'm fine. But, um, you know, there are so many great positive things. Anyone got any questions quickly? I know time has gone, but is there anyone got any questions? Please don't be afraid to ask Denise at the end too. Yeah, Dustin. The uh, January 9th start date, is that a church date y'all, y'all decided on or is that from... Mr. Jensen? or No, that's just a date that we started, and it just so happens to be a good time to start so we can fast and pray for LSU that night. But um, when we first actually started our 21-day fast, we started the first Monday of the new year, and it just was, it was tough coming out of Christmas and the new year and just everyone, so we just kind of pushed it back. And I think it just, I don't, know, I don't even know when Jensen and them are starting this year. Is it on that day? The 15th, they're starting the week after. But one of the reasons why we like to do that too is we'll get it done by the end of January and the last Sunday of the month is going to be our healing service. So we're going to do that. Fantastic. And we're going to have a prayer wall over there where you can put your fasting requests. So then like during the lunch times when you come in to pray, you can go over there and pray for people's needs. If you don't want those needs to be seen, just fold them over and put them on the wall and we'll still lay hands on them and pray for them. Denise? One of the jokes in our family about, like, my dad and his brothers and everything, I mean, they're in their 90s, or, is that they, everything is how we raised it, we killed it, we cooked it, we eat it. You know, that's all the conversations. Just think about how much time you'll have if you stop thinking about food and what the next meal's going to be. Uh, and when you do that with a fast, when food becomes something you eat purely to keep you alive, not because it's what you live for, you'll have a tremendous amount of time. And you know, you'll save yourself a lot of money too without eating out. So the tithes of the church are going to be better than they've ever been before. Now look at the funds and the extra funds you've got. Look at those that you can invest into someone and bless someone's life as a result. I know y'all mentioned about diabetes and certain health conditions, and I did want to bring up the fact that if you do take a lot of medications, it may be a good thing to talk to your doctor uh, if you're concerned about that. I know Fred is on Coumadin, and when he went to the clinic this week, he mentioned the fast, and um, it would be more like a Daniel fast. And they told him that one week after he started that, he would have to come in and get his Coumadin uh, levels checked you know, for his blood because they may have to alter that so that something just to be aware of that some medications you might have to uh, have adjusted. Cool. Good point. And again, we are really blessed in this church to have a certified, licensed 
nutritionist, dietitian, um, Miss Denise, who's given her services to us. She has an email address um, that's through the church. Is it denise at hflc.us? And it's really easy. Email her if you've got any questions. See her afterwards. But yeah, if you're taking medications and all that kind of stuff, obviously you need something to take with them. And she can help you and instruct you and give you the best directions to go. But again, don't allow that to say, well, I just can't do anything. Because you heard it from her. There was no really reason why anyone couldn't do at least a partial fast. And there was no reason. And she kept saying, in fact, you're going to find benefits. You're going to find rewards you're going to find yourself healthier than you've ever been before. Any other questions or anything? Yes, Misty. What, what, would, what would be considered a partial fast? Like just taking, like say I just stopped drinking my Diet Cokes or would it be giving up a meal or two? A partial fast is just partial. I mean, if you want to give up your Diet Cokes, that's a partial fast. Going without a meal for the day is a partial fast. So it's pretty much anything that, that you make it to be in that regards. But again, the challenge I give to everyone is, you know, we can probably say, I'm going to give up this, but you know what, we could probably go to the next step too. We could give up a little bit more. And the challenge for every one of us is, it's not what can I live without, well, I can live without that. Well, I can maybe start challenging yourself and say, what's going to really push me and really challenge me? But a partial fast, a partial fast is that. And you need to get off Diet Coke anyway. You're drinking Drano when you're drinking Diet Coke. You're better off with Coke than Diet Coke. And um, Coke Zero, all that junk stuff. Get rid of it. I'm telling you. I, 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 made, I really can say this, that I found myself feeling so much more healthy when I got off sodas. I very rarely drink any soda. Drink water most of the time, green tea and orange juice. And um, I think you feel a lot healthier when you do that. If you don't like water, the secret I've got is just squeeze a little bit of lemon in it. Take a little bit of sweet and low. I know that's not really good. Put it in there, something just to stir it up a little bit. But, I mean, drink as much water as you can and make it your best friend. Any other questions? If you've got questions, just keep emailing them in and we'll try and help you any way we can. Call us up and, and all that. But we're just really believing for God to do great things in your life, in this church. And just so many incredible needs that I believe that we're going to see. And please, last thing I'm going to say is keep Lonnie in your prayers. Lonnie left this week. He hasn't been deployed yet to Afghanistan, but he's going to be gone till September the 9th. He's still stateside for about another four or five weeks. But every day, please just remember just to say a special prayer for Lonnie and his family, that God be with him, that God would bring him back safely. Let's stand together tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.